Welcome to the Prep Huddle Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Gazette Prep uh, Sports Writers, Jeff Linder and Jeff Johnson, uh, bringing you uh, some of the happenings in the mid midpoint of the prep football season here. Uh, Linder, always like the, the Dale Jones comment, fastest nine weeks of the season. Um, talking to some coaches and players, it's kind of a uh, surprise that they're at this point. Um, certainly halfway for the smaller classes that uh, will start the playoffs in week nine and of course, we'll be past the halfway point for everybody after Friday. But um, a lot of goings on in the uh, in Eastern Iowa in the football scene last week. Um, let's just jump right into some of the the games and results from a week ago. And I'll actually uh, kick things off here since I had uh, the pleasure of heading up to Arlington uh, for Class A. Uh, game between uh, Starmont and at the time uh, number four East Buchanan and and guys I tell you what um, I'll be honest I went up there expecting um, East Buchanan to kind of position itself to three and one with a district showdown at North Lynn this week um, but the Stars came away with a huge win and not just a big win guys uh, they were dominant, 46 nothing. Uh, East B- really kind of punched East Buchanan in the face early. Uh, the first uh, few sequences of the game, it was a defensive stop, a blocked punt. Then uh, Anthony King, 10-yard uh, touchdown run on the very first offensive snap for Starmont. Then it was another stop, and then it was an Anthony King punt return for a touchdown, uh, and, and East Buck really never regrouped after that. Starmont uh, just continued to to rack things up. The defense looks very strong and physical. Um, you know, Anthony King, heck of a heck of an athlete there in the backfield for him. Uh, does a lot of things, um, but they really came out rebounded from a 27-0 loss. I think the week before to Northland. So that tells you a little bit about uh, Northland's uh, defense um, as well. But, you know, I, I know East Buck was shorthanded. Hunter Bauer uh, uh, had to sit out that game. But as Jerry Alden said, uh, after the game, one person doesn't make up for 40 points. Uh, one one person doesn't score that many points. One person doesn't prevent 40 points. Um, so he wasn't using that as an excuse. I think he simply said they kicked our butts in every uh, sense of the – every phase of the game. And, you know, uh, congratulations to Mike Augustine, the head coach there. Uh, you know, it was only about five years ago that program was forfeiting its last four or five games of the season. And now look at it, they're 3-1 and one and right in the middle of the, the, the district uh, – uh, race uh, there in Class A. And you've got East Buchanan now has to face North Lynn, which, uh, as you mentioned, beat Stormont two weeks ago, 27 to nothing. So, um, you know, big game for the Bucks here. Who would have thought that they could possibly have three losses here? Uh, it'd be two and three yeah. in the first five games. So, 
you know, be interesting to see how they how they respond after after getting pun- literally punched in the mouth. It sounds like Pilch. So, yeah, good story up there in Starmont, and uh, you know, obviously, I've had a lot of relatives that have played in that program up there. Got a lot of family up there, so uh, they've really fallen on hard times. But um, you know, uh, when you're trying to turn it around, you need a statement win, I guess, and maybe this was the one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you really look at um, just things in that district. If East Buck is able to rebound and get a, you know, get a win against Northland this week, um, you're looking at kind of a similar scenario from from last year when it was East Buck, Northland, and Alvernet who had all beaten each other uh, early on. You could have the same type of scenario with. Uh, Northland, East Buck, and Starmont uh, this time in that that three-way um, situation. But that's a lot of ifs. Uh, it all depends on how things go this, this Friday. But, Jeff, we've talked a lot – or, Lindy, uh, got to remember there's more than one Jeff here. <laughs> but, Lindy, we, we've talked a lot about kind of resurrected programs and, and yeah. teams that are finding uh, success again. What about Starmont? Does that kind of get overlooked by the likes of Jefferson and maybe Tipton that, uh, you know, they really have come a long way in the last five or six years when they had their numbers issues. Yeah. Um, honestly, I thought you were wasting your time going up to Arlington before you went up to Arlington Thursday. I thought East Buck's going to win that game by three or four touchdowns. I, I would say that's probably the most surprising score that I've seen this year. I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree. Um, I mean, you saw it, KJ. So, I mean, you, you, you saw more than the score. You saw you saw a tail kicking up there. Um, yeah, good for Starmont. Um, uh, East Buchanan was a team that I thought was dome-worthy at the beginning of the year. I thought they would, uh, you know, be a – and maybe they still will. I don't know. But I, I thought that was a team that would uh, be playing deep into November. And Starmont kicked the snot out of them. And, you know, you t- talk about that three-way between Starmont and, and Northland and, and East Buck. But, you know, we can't forget about Mac Valley uh, in that district. And I don't think we can, can forget about Bellevue. I think there's five pretty good teams up there that are going to be playing uh, musical chairs. And one team is going to be left uh, heading out the door after week eight. And uh, I, I think that's a, a deep district uh, with five five really good teams. And uh uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. It'll certainly yep. be fun. Um, JJ, or JJ, did you have something you wanted to add? No, there? I just wanted to say, yeah, Lindy, good call on like Mac Valley, right? I mean, that's a really quality football team too. So, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of interesting how all those uh, quality teams kind of ended up in the same district. And obviously, geography plays the the biggest part, but uh, yeah. Jeff's right. Somebody's going to be really disappointed at the end of the year. <laughs> Feel like they have a good football team and and not get a chance uh, to make the playoffs. Yeah, and y- before we close the door on Starmont here, uh, they're at North Cedar uh, this week. They're home against Postville next week. Um, with with uh, without much effort at all, I think I think they're going to be sitting five and one going into their last two games at uh, at Bellevue and at home against Mac Valley. 
I'll uh, I'll just continue with the other game that I saw last week. Uh, you know, I was at Kingston Stadium for the city game um, between Cedar Rapids Kennedy and uh, Cedar Rapids Washington, and guys, not no real surprise there. Um, Kennedy uh, improved to two and two. Uh, they posted a forty-five-seven victory uh, over the Warriors. The Warriors moved to zero uh, and four. Um, early on in this first, uh, or in this, uh, in this season, but, uh, Kennedy, you know, they've, uh, righted the ship a little bit. Uh, of course, two really tough opponents to start out with, um, two strong wins the last two weeks to, to move back to 500. And I think we're seeing a little bit more of kind of a typical Kennedy defense, um, here, um, you know, obviously the, the opponent makes a big difference, right? Uh, when you're going from Dowling um, and Pleasant Valley uh, in the first two weeks, um, you know, uh, to Washington and, uh, oh, I can't remember who they had. Um, Linmar. Linmar the week before, but uh, kind of a depleted Linmar team, right? Uh you know, with a with a shutout, but um, you know, two two strong performances there. Um, you know, and it was simply talking to to BJ Henry, um, one of the captains for the Cougars, who uh, I think he had uh, two and a half sacks um, for the defense, uh, three and a half, uh, one and a half tackles for loss, uh, and six and a half tackles. Uh, to lead the Cougars against Washington, who uh, pretty much held uh, Washington to about 60 yards total. Uh, but they said, hey, we we need to get better. We need to start worrying about us more than who we're playing and just, you know, do the things that are, are part of our scheme and, and just worry about executing uh, our game plans and not worrying – necessarily about who's on the other side of the, the line of scrimmage. And, and that seems to have paid off here the last couple of weeks. Uh, they have a big game against Iowa city high uh, this weekend. So that, that might be a, a really good gauge to see how they, how they've come so far this season. Yeah. And I believe city high beat Kennedy last year. Was it the playoffs? No. Uh, in the end of the regular season, right? Uh, was I thinking? Was that? I'll, I'll effort that. You guys go ahead. Uh, I'll effort that here. But it was, you know, we, I think everybody knew this was a quality football team, and I mean, they just played a really tough opening schedule, and you know, so what's a doesn't kill you, uh, uh, only makes you stronger type of thing, right, Bill? You know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they they've got every they've got everything you need. I think the defense was probably the thing that. Um, it was the thing that that has needed to come along a little bit just because they graduated so many guys from last year's um, really good defense. But I mean, they've got everything you need to you know to to make the playoffs, make be a, a team that makes a deep run, and um, you know, we'll see. Big, like you said, huge game Friday night at at City High, and interesting to see how City High comes off the you know winning the boot, which is such a emotional game against Iowa City West. We'll see how uh, 
how City High is able to respond emotionally and, and you know, get back up for another huge game. Right, Jeff? Yeah. You saw that one. Yeah, yeah, they looked really good. Uh, I, I found that uh, uh, City High actually beat a 10-0 Kennedy team two years ago in the second half yeah. of the playoffs. Beat them bad, 32-13, I think. So that's uh, the answer, that's the answer to that. Um, yeah, uh, and you, you talk about there's a lot of two and two games, a lot of two and two teams in Class Five A of the 36 teams in in Five A. 17 of them are two and two. So there's going to be a lot of shifting and a lot of movement. This might be moving week in Class Five A. Um, you know. We talked about that one. Uh, who else? I think uh, there's two or three other games uh, involving Metro teams that uh, both teams are two and two, and I'll have to look that up too. Uh, Linder, uh, one thing I want to touch base on, uh, since we are kind of referencing City High, you were at Bates Field last week and you presented uh, Ben Keeter with the Gazette uh, – Athlete of the Year Award um, from uh, from this summer. Uh, what was that like? And uh, man, kind of surprised, even though it's his hometown, with him uh, him doing the dual sport uh, thing at Iowa. Uh, it was you know on the eve of a home game. Even um, it was nice that he uh, made the appearance. Uh, yeah. To receive that. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I I saw pictures of me handing off the award, and it looked like uh, looking at that, it made me look like I was about five foot two and about one hundred twenty pounds. <laughs> uh, he's a big boy, he and uh, I guess that's what uh, that's what college football players look like. He's a big dude. So, uh, yeah, it was nice. I, I enjoyed. Uh, you know, that's one of the fun things that we do is the, the athlete of the year award, uh, handing that off um, Friday night. I uh, get to do the same thing with Peyton Robinson over at Lisbon next Thursday. And, uh, but yeah, uh, city high was, uh, was very impressive in that game. They, uh, looks like they've kind of gotten a running game now with miles parlay and, uh, um, you know, that's another, another team that's trying, you know, that, that Kennedy city high game is a biggie. And, uh, I found the other two and two games, uh, Lindmark Cedar falls, Ankeny at Iowa city West. So, um, those are some games that are going to have some big ramifications RPI wise uh, going into the second half of the year. Prairie and Liberty uh, as well. Aren't Liberty's both, one like, and three. Liberty's okay. one and three, I think. Okay. Yeah, which, which is, I mean, they're they're, you know, I hate I, to say that's cliche, but they're probably the best one and three team in Class Five A. <laughs> so, they but, have a yeah, they have a win, uh, win over City High. Yeah, uh, Liberty beat City High, which beat West, which beat Liberty. So who's the best team in Iowa City? I don't know. Regina. There you Good go. Day. Good <laughs> day. Uh, just want to run down some other scores in the Metro uh, last week. Uh, Pleasant Valley top Prairie 28-23. Uh, Jefferson improves to 4-0. Uh, they beat Des Moines East 56-12. Uh, heading into the East-West rivalry uh, between the Jayhawks and the Warriors. Uh, kind of interesting how this year Jayhawks are 4-0, uh, Warriors are 0-4 coming into that uh, that game. Um, kind of a, of a reversal of things. Uh, Linmar gave it a go. I mean, they were, they were leading into the second half against uh, 
unbeaten Bendorf team, but Bendorf comes back uh, with some late scores to win 21-14. Um, you know, just uh, we mentioned Linmar, kind of the injury bug has, has kind of affected them here uh, after their 2-0 start. Um, and then uh, uh, kind of a shocker down in Pella, I would, I would say, uh, after Xavier coming off a big win against uh, Western Dubuque, uh, Pella pretty much led throughout one thirty-one twenty-one, um, and the other four A uh, Metro action. JJ, you were at Marion, and the Wolves uh, uh, trounced the previously unbeaten Makokta team thirty-four-seven, and uh, you know after kind of two. Uh, Oh, low-scoring affairs, I guess, on their part, uh, and a win against Clear Creek and a loss to Benton. Uh, the Wolves have really uh, uh, been a strong offensive squad at home the last two weeks. Yeah, and that's with some injuries in the backfield, too. Uh, they lost their top running back a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, had a, had a guy or two get dinged up Friday night. But um, Caden Griffiths is a really good wide receiver. Um, coach Michael Joyner said he's one of the best receivers ever to come out of Marion, which is saying something. Uh, had a couple of long touchdown catches, goes up, gets the ball. Kind of reminds you of Cyrus Courtney that way. I mean, he doesn't let the ball come to him. He goes and gets it. And, uh, you know, he took a couple of Caleb Dyer's passes um, to the house. And, uh, you know, good, strong defensive effort against Makoka to spread. And, um, yeah, Marion looks primed for – for its uh for the opening of district play and you mentioned Xavier KJ uh I can't figure out Xavier just like I can't figure out 4A in general right now so we've got so much parity so many teams I think that can make a legit claim that they can get to the Unity Dome to the semifinals right guys right yeah. who's the best team in 4A I I don't know um I had Western Dubuque one in in on my ballot this week I I'm not sure that's right or wrong uh you know their only loss is a is a two pointer at Xavier that's certainly not a bad loss at all they beat North Scott last week uh Grant Glauser ran for 389 <laughs> what in the world I mean against a good North Scott defense I know he had a couple couple three really long ones late but still holy cow one unbeaten left in four A, and that's Gilbert. Who yeah, hasn't when you look hasn't played the competition, I think that it's fair to say that everyone else in our top ten has. Right. Yeah, because because a lot of the top ten teams have faced each other, like yeah. Lewis Central and you know, Western Dubuque and Xavier, Lewis Central and yep. uh was it ADM uh or Bondurant Ferrar and, and, and those guys, yeah. They they've really kind of taking that, um, you know, that non-district play to heart and playing really, really quality teams. And and how many times have we seen that pay off for teams in the long run to, to get that experience and then be better off uh, down the road? But, yeah, by far, 4A, only one, as you mentioned, only one unbeaten team. Um, I think 4A has four. Uh, you know, and then the rest of it's five, six, or eight unbeatens. Um, so by far, four A is is probably the deepest and most balanced of all those classes, wouldn't you say? I think so. Yep, I, I agree. Think, I think it's just 
that class might be a bloodbath starting in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't even think it's going to wait until the quarters. I think that first round, oh boy, it's uh, that's going to be some entertaining stuff. And you know, a, a team like a team like Xavier or, or Lewis Central or somebody like that might might be going on the road first round. Who knows? And we'll see. Uh, a lot of ball, a lot of ball to be played between between now and then. Yeah, for for sure. For sure. Um, you know, just kind of looking at uh, some of the results that, that probably caught uh, your eye in a rivalry game uh, there between two communities that are about a hay bale throw uh, yeah. during Solon beef days away from each other. Um, Solon, I, I tell you what, uh, we mentioned Starmont being a surprise uh, after uh, – Kind of the the early the first two weeks of the season, I thought this was definitely a rebuilding year for Solon, but they bounced back and they posted an impressive 37-20 win over Mount Vernon. Um takeaways from the Spartans uh winning that rivalry game again. It sounded like they brought in a, did like a, a wing back or uh well, not a single wing, but I, they, they did something with the kid that hadn't carried the ball all year, and he had like 20 carries for 200 yards. So, and I, I, I guess Mount Vernon just couldn't start. Yeah, they, they unveiled that. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's something that they just did for one game or if that's something they're, they're going to do the rest of the way. But, uh, it, yeah, I mean, they, they got their – they got waxed the first round by or first game by Davenport Assumption, and they barely beat Clear Creek seven three in the second game. And now Solon looks like Solon again. <laughs> yeah, they averaged uh, about thirty nine points a game over the last two weeks against DeWitt, and you know uh, Mount Vernon, who you know was in the top two, top three. Uh, pretty much of of just about everybody's rankings. Yeah, Conlon Poynton, uh, a sophomore, rushed 19 times for 218 yards. Uh, that's an 11 and a half yard per carry average and three touchdowns, including a 66 yard uh, run there. Um, yeah, a heck of a performance for for him, and he even uh, completed a pass for for 12 yards. So. Uh, did a lot for the Spartans in that victory. And we'll see how Mount Vernon reacts to this, right? You know, now that it goes into to um to district play. I think last year beating Solon probably propelled it into bigger and better things and what turned out to be a state championship game appearance. So um, you know, Joey Romberg only threw for four hundred and twenty three yards. I mean, that's a couple of days works, right? But <laughs> Right. They had a, they had almost 500 yards of offense and and uh, end up getting shellacked. So uh, you know we'll see how Mount Vernon reacts this week. You know coming off that loss and uh, trying to see who who the Mustangs have Mount Pleasant. So should be a bounce yep. back week. Should be a bounce back week for for the yeah. for Mount. Mount Vernon has one tough game now that they get into into district play. They got Assumption uh, at home in week six and in the game that'll be the first game at the new stadium. Solon's got a tough road ahead. Uh, Grinnell this week, and, and then they go Benton, Williamsburg, the, the two games after that. So uh, Solon's got 
two and a half tough games left. And maybe this one, you're talking about how Mount Vernon was propelled by a victory. Maybe this is what really sends Solon into another year uh, heading into that uh, that tough part of the schedule. Agreed. Uh, speaking of Mount Vernon, really quick, uh, you mentioned the new stadium now, end of an era, uh, the Bellamy Bowl almost uh, there at Mount Vernon, leaving First Street Field, uh, heading to a new uh, stadium by the, the actual high school. Um, you know, did they, did they do a lot of uh, commemorating or – or do anything special in that last home game uh, on Friday? I don't know. I, that, did uh, Plague and Kill cover that one? Uh, yeah. So. Probably be a better that... question for for him. Um, I don't know. And, I haven't uh, heard anything. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. Um, I, I think a lot of old players came back. And, you know, they have that big Mustang helmet there to, at the uh, left end of the field, uh, northwest end. I think a lot of them were uh, – congregating around them i don't know if they ran out of the helmet with uh, with the team or, or what but uh i'm sure they i'm sure there was some some pomp and circumstance with that and probably should be um in two weeks as well maybe ryan you know i hope ryan took a piece of sod or something took it home with him a souvenir you know nurture it, keep it going so, so there's anybody that deserves part of that uh turf I mean, it's the the Brian family, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, kind of going through some more uh, uh, scores throughout the area. Williamsburg remained uh, unbeaten. Uh, you know, they handled Fort Madison 48-14. Uh, then you had uh, Regina staying unbeaten. You know, they've had a really good turnaround. Uh, Gentry, Dumont, Jackson, they, you know, they're uh, – uh, their passing game is has really come through for them uh, down there. You know, that was a team that uh, I think they went five and four maybe uh, last year. Guys and uh, talking with uh, Gen Gentry Dumont for this week's uh, uh, feature, uh, he mentioned how this group of uh, Regals players really uh, last year left a – bad taste in their mouth and almost felt like uh, maybe they let the, the program down a little bit and they wanted to get back to those high standards that many of them grew up watching. Um, and so far they, uh, uh, they've been pretty dominant through the first four games in the first half of their regular season. Um, they beat Durant 49, 12, uh, which wasn't unexpected. And they have, uh, uh, they had to a winless cascade team, um, this week uh, to try to go to five and zero West Delaware, uh, eye-opening win there for the Hawks. You know they struggled the first two weeks, and now they're two and two. We see kind of a common theme between, or, or some similar themes uh, with programs in West Delaware. Uh, a big forty-two thirteen win over uh, Webster City, which was a top five team. I, I think. Um, at the time, but West Delaware is coming on strong, and uh, they'll have uh, Makokita this week at home. Um, Makokita three and one, and now uh, West Delaware looking for its third win. Uh, did that surprise I you? Guys? I mean, was that something to, that kind of 
win in the the shot category or surprise category from last week? Yeah, that that one was up there too. You, you talk about kind of revitalized. I think you can throw West Branch in there too. Uh, they haven't. Uh, they had that tough loss early to uh, Williamsburg. I think they lost a heartbreaker to Dyke. Now they're two and two, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, with a win over Waterloo Columbus in there. And I think they're a team that's uh, starting to gain, gain some traction again as well. Yeah, and it comes back to, to tough parts of the schedule and, and programs that are always, you know, good programs are going to find a way, right? You would think um, to uh, to get the ship righted when, when things aren't that, aren't that great. And that, you know, that's what you have in West Branch and West Delaware and, uh, what a huge! That was a huge win for for West Delaware and the spread guys was what what really surprised me forty two thirteen and you know they were able to hold uh, Jackson Cherry who's Webster City's bell cow running back to just over a hundred yards, um, which was you know pretty significant and uh, then they ran for three twenty nine looking at the stats here. Uh, ran for 329 themselves. Brent Yakovic, uh, quarterback with a great game, 87 yards and a touchdown passing, 217 and three touchdowns rushing. So, again, a huge win uh, for West Delaware and kind of kind of saying, hey, don't forget about us up here in Manchester. We're, we're, <laughs> we're pretty good. We're still pretty good. Uh, just looking at uh, a couple more um, scores from last week, uh, uh, Monticello. We talked about how Iowa City High won the boot. Monticello won the uh, 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 cowbell, right, between the yep. two uh, programs with a win over Anamosa. Um, two teams remain unbeaten with uh, Northland, a 48-0 win over North Cedar. Lisbon, 57-6 over Highland. Um one of the games that uh, that really kind of stood out, not necessarily about who won, but similar to what JJ said with West Delaware, the margin of victory, MFL and Applington Parkersburg. Uh, MFL blanked uh, Applington Park- Parkersburg. I think it was uh, uh, right along the lines of like 41 41- zero or, or something like that yeah. um 42 yep 42 zero um I really can't uh i can't remember Appleton parkersburg uh having a knot put on their head like that for a long time but man this mfl team um something they saw coming to the junior high ranks and boy they've just been outstanding so far this year and They've done it with a new quarterback. You know, they had uh, uh, the Driscoll kid transferred mostly for basketball reasons, from what I understand, over to Decorah, and he was their starting quarterback last year. And Trevor Blitz Benteen has, has come in and, and taken over behind center. And Wyatt Powell had a big game for him last Friday night, a couple touchdown runs, and he's running with a big cast on his hand because he's got, I think, a broken thumb, if I heard right. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a statement win. Anytime you go up to the Sacred Acre up there in Parkersburg and uh, you know put a nod on AP's head that bad, uh, you're you're pretty you're doing some work. 
Uh, look ahead to this week, uh, unless you guys have any other comments about uh, last week's uh, uh, results at all. But um, kind of looking at some of the the games between ranked teams, we mentioned uh, two and two Kennedy and two and two City High, Iowa City West um, hosts number eight Ankeny. Uh, two and two. How big of a game is this for for Iowa City West? Um, you know they've got a good win against uh, Liberty. Um, coming off that loss to Rival City High, you know, uh, is this a big matchup for uh, the Trojans? Sure it is. Um, it's a really big game. And who who's who they have after this one? I'm just kind of looking ahead here at uh, what they've got uh, following uh, Ankeny. Let's take a look. Okay, so they got Ankeny, and uh, you know, then they got Jefferson, Washington, PV, and Prairie. Um, you know, it's hard to envision West winning out after this game. So, um, yeah, uh, they're going to have to beat somebody that they're going to be an underdog against, uh, whether that's Ankeny, PV, or Prairie, or Jeff. I don't, you know, I don't know how what that'll look like next week. But uh, to make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat somebody good. And, uh, you know, this would be a good place to start because uh, looking at uh, RPI right now, I was kind of fiddling with that earlier this week. Uh, right now, Iowa City West is one of those teams on the outside looking in at number 19. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to stack up some wins here. Uh, in class 4A, um, you know, right now, uh, you know, Western Dubuque has Waverly Shell Rock, which I think is just as surprising as anything that Waverly Shell Rock is 0-4. But, of course, they've had uh, a meat grinder of a schedule um, through this four, uh, first four weeks. Um, you know, Bondurant, Farrar, and Newton. I thought Newton was a team coming in this season that was like maybe a borderline or back end of a top 10 team with the, the people that they had coming back. Um, so that's not necessarily a given there for Bondurant, Farrar. Uh, and then you've got a biggie on the west side of uh, the state in 4A, number seven, Council Bluffs, uh, Lewis Central um, against number nine, Glenwood. Uh, we, could, we could see some some more of that uh, juggling kind of changing, <laughs> you know, we might be reshuffling uh, some rankings come next week again with a couple of those matchups, considering they could maybe go either way. Yeah. If somebody out there wants to uh, uh, do the four, a poll for me next week, <laughs> let me know. Just DM me on, on X or something. So that, well, that was a, that was really a tedious exercise. This, this last it week. It was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's not easy it's not easy when you have uh that type of balance and and everything yeah there uh looking at 3a um big one in 3a number two harlan at number three creston uh harlan three and one uh, i believe their only loss was the lewis central a real tight one there um creston four and all 
they've just kind of continued to climb up the rankings uh, uh, this season. So that's a big one out there. Uh, we mentioned uh, Mount Vernon heads to Mount Pleasant. And then Solon coming off that big win against Mount Vernon heads to Grinnell for a battle of uh, 3-1 teams. So uh, I guess we'll really see how Solon follows up that that big win against Mount Vernon. Yeah. You talked about Creston and um, they're legit. Uh, you, you talked, you said Harlan's only loss came to Lewis central. Well, Creston beat Lewis central. So um, yeah, they're, they're, they're absolutely legit. And uh, they're at home against Harlan. I don't know. I don't imagine they beat Harlan very often, but uh, big opportunity for, for what is it? The Panthers uh, this week at home. In Class 2A, we have a couple top 10 matchups uh, there. First off, uh, number two, Central Line, George Little Rock, 4-0. At number nine, Cherokee, 3-1. and And then uh, number three, West Lion. Uh, at number four, Western Christian, uh, two 4-0 teams. So, uh, oh, and then number eight, Green County, at uh, 3-1, hosts number 10, Carol Kemper. So uh, some big matchups in, in 2A, especially uh, kind of in that northwest corner of the state. Yeah, I don't know what the number it is, if it's 2A2 or 2A1 or whatever it is, but Central Lion, West Lion, Western Christian, and Cherokee, all together in that district. Holy oh, wow. puppies. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's tough stuff, man. And I got to think the Ag Bowl's coming up out there, too. That's what they call the annual West Lion Central Lion game. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So that, you know, that's got to be tire irons and all the chains across your knuckles and all that kind of stuff, right? Central and West Lion play. I, I would think so. Uh, looking at Class 1A, uh, one of the big ones uh, we mentioned, MFL Marmot coming off its win against Afflington Parkersburg. Uh, number two ranked Bulldogs host Sumner Fredericksburg, um, three and one coming off its first loss. Um, you know, JJ is, is there any, any threat of a letdown coming off that big win against Appleton Parkersburg and some Fred coming off a loss, or do you think it's business as usual for the Bulldogs? Um, looking to go five and zero. Yeah. I don't think that I think Summer Fredericksburg's pretty good football team. So, you know, I think this will be a, a tight affair. I really do. Um, and you know, MFL, uh, I, I just, I really like that football team guys. I think, uh, last year they, they got to what, uh, literally within a minute or so of going to the uni dome and the semifinals mm -hmm. losing in, in the mud to West branch. And I think that's just, a, um, you know, you've seen this program go from not being able to win to getting to the playoffs regularly to win in a game or two. Now I think the next step would, would certainly be for, for it to, you know, to, to get to the dome. And I, I just, I, I like this team a lot. I think it's, it's got a lot of um, good, athletes and good veteran players who know how to win and um you know but I, that being said i do think the sumner fredericksburg game could uh, could very well be interesting friday night 
in Class A, uh, number one, St. Ansgar heads to number six, Nashville Plainfield, and two 4 0 teams. Uh, Lisbon at 4 0, uh, ranked seventh, plays at 3 1 Pekin. And we already talked about Northland, uh, ranked fifth, um, 4 0 against the East Buck, which dropped out of the rankings after their second loss of the season and the, the lopsided loss to Starmont at 2 and 2. Um, maybe not so much about the game Friday, but JJ North Lynn has really put together a big season so far, but there's a story behind that, given the fact that probably it's two best players from last year aren't with the team due to graduation and not going out. Right. Yeah. Jade Hogenberry, my boy Cletus, he was, uh, he, he was, I certainly would, would say their best player last year at quarterback and, Played some defense as well, and then their leading rusher, running back, was was Mason Betchen, and uh, he's a great all around athlete. And decided not to play football; he wanted to concentrate on some baseball and uh, some basketball, where he's a standout player. And I talked to his brother uh, Parker, uh, who's on the grounds crew at Veterans Memorial Stadium, yeah. uh, actually. And and Parker said that Mason's dealing with a uh, broken back right now so he's got to be he's got to be in a uh i don't know immobilizer or a truss or whatever for a long time they hope they don't have to operate on it uh because that would uh prevent him from playing basketball running track and playing baseball this summer so all our best to mason uh but anyway uh yeah, despite that, Northland's played really good defense. They've, they've taken care of their business and, and done a terrific, terrific job. And it's weird, guys. Uh, Northland and Lisbon don't play each other. They're not in the same district. What's up with that? They're not very far away from each other. Right, right. And that could uh, kind of both go in different directions, but that could make for a heck of a matchup in the postseason um, if they collide that's where, where it'll be. You mentioned Northland's defense, and this is astounding to me. I don't care who you play, uh, what have you, but three straight shutouts for the Lynx. They have not given up a score. They haven't given up any points in the last 15 quarters. Uh, they gave up a touchdown to Albernet in the opening quarter of week one and have not given up a point since. I mean, that that's – it's pretty amazing. That's a hell of a streak. And that'll uh, win you games. to their coaching staff. That'll win you games. Uh, looking at uh, eight player, um, couple of matchups uh, there that kind of stand out. Um, Gladbrook Rhinebeck, uh, the top ranked team heads to Janesville. Gladbrook Rhinebeck is 4 0, Janesville 3 1. Uh, Central City, uh, they host Cal Wheat. Uh, Central City looking for its fourth win uh, of the season. And then up north, uh, you've got number nine Clarksville at Turkey Valley 3 1. So uh, we'll see uh, kind of how those shake out. Any. Just really quick, any games that really kind of stand out to you that we haven't touched on, um, whether it's in the area or 
across the state that uh, um, you think is noteworthy? I, I I don't think so. I think you've hit on all the good ones. Um, you know, all the uh, now now we're in district play, so the uh, optional games are are over. Now they're they're pretty much assigned games, and I I just don't think we're going to have the volume of really really good games up and down the lineup um, from here on out. I mean, there, there's going to be a few. Uh, you know, we talked about the. The really good districts, the one, the two A one up in Northeast Iowa, the one uh, that MFL's in with, with Dyke and AP and Sumner Fred and and Denver. I mean, they're going to have good games week in and week out, week out. But uh, I think for the most part, most of these districts are going to have one or two really good games the rest of the way. That's a great point, Jeff. Great point. All right, so to have a little fun before we close. Um, you know, we've played what year is it or what year was it? We've done the who's got more like we've done in previous seasons. Um, while I was prepping a little bit, I was watching the game show network and match game came up. And I know we're we're kind of uh, uh, fans of the old game show and stuff like that. So I thought the three of us could have our own little match game uh, ideas. So I came up with five uh Questions? Are you guys ready to, to try to give this a go? Maybe Let's play. A little bit. Let's go, Gene Rayburn. I'm ready. All right. I don't. I don't have the. I should have made a little uh, microphone, but was Soupy Sales on on Match Game or is he on another game show? I think I think he was a panelist from time to time. Okay. I, I think he was on every game show. Probably yeah, could be. Paul Lynn was the the middle square in Hollywood Squares, right? Yeah. Go. Charles right. Nelson Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Brett Summers was a big one. Absolutely. Uh, so, okay, here we go. For the first one. All right. Uh, coach, keep your head on a swivel, said. Coaching is really, really hard. But this season, blank has made it look easy. Repeat, uh, please. I don't have I don't have the music. We probably would have to pay for that. Uh can you repeat the question? Sure. Coach, keep your head on a swivel, said. Coaching is really, really hard. But this season, blank has made it look easy. Ding. All right. You ready? Sure. Okay. My answer is Ed Miles. My answer, also Ed Miles. Dean, we have a match. Okay, I on? did not. I guess I was going the other direction. I was thinking of a player that made it look easy. So oh. I'm wrong. I went Grant Glauser. Oh. And right. that's okay. All right. So our second, uh, so our second question is, Nathan Ford said, "You guys are way off. I think the best player in the area is blank." So, who is your, who is your pick for best player? 
Or who would Nathan Ford say is our best player? Um, well, I'm not versed on Grinnell's uh, roster, but oh, uh, Nathan's not that big of a home. He would he would he would go for the best player overall. You guys, I'm going to go with the best athlete in the area. And we have a match, Derek. My my graphic in the background is keeping my uh, Derek Weisskopf. Ding ding we ding, got ding three. I believe the uh, I believe the uh, the corporate people would call that uh, consensus. <laughs> All right. It's scary that we're thinking so much alike. By the way. Yeah, I know, right? Barry Bandwagon likes to root for front runners. I told him he should follow blank the rest of the season. So what team should Barry Bandwagon top aboard on the rest of the season? This will be interesting to see if we we meet up on this one. So what team should Barry Bandwagon top on board for the remainder do, of the year? Do you like the music? So, so is this a team that that's generally not very good, but is now? Could it, however you want to view it. I didn't necessarily go that way, but I'm going with the team that I think is the most likely to have a big trophy next in next month. That's fair. I went with Northland. I went with Northland with how big, uh, how strong they've been so far. JJ. West Des Moines Dowling. <laughs> oh, you okay? You went with the the big gun. That's fair. Uh, how how things have changed? We went from uh, um, we went from all matching to not getting one at all. So okay, so this season has been kind of the year of rebuilds and resurrections. Tipton has started 4-0. You can see uh, Jeff Linder's piece about Tipton uh, in our prep rewind from last week at thegazette.com. But Tipton has started 4-0. I think the Tigers will finish with blank regular season wins. How many regular season wins do you think the Tigers will have this year after a 4-0 start? That's a thinker. Now remember, remember they have eight because week nine will be the start of their actual postseason. Oh, thank you for that. You're welcome. Ding 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 ding. Okay, ding. I have seven. Uh oh. I have seven. I think they uh, go all the way until they face Monticello. We could go closer. I'm trying to get it in. Six. Yep. Six. JJ and I both went six. So you guys, we got one match there. So that my camera's backwards. Not terrible. Not terrible. Okay, this one. This one is more fun. You have to be more creative with this one. Our final question. Dumb David. <laughs> Got fired as a football manager. 
All right. Dumb David got fired as a football manager. He brought a blank to last week's game to help the defense. Dumb David is so dumb. He brought a blank to last week's game to help the defense. Have fun with it, boys. I did. You guys ready? No. No, <laughs> still, still pondering. JJ, did it come a little easier for you? Yeah, which probably means this is stupid, so. Okay, who wants to go first? Go ahead, I, JJ. I'm, I, I'm wrong. A literal picket fence. <laughs> uh, defense. I had, defense. I had a tackle box. Oh, I like it. Very tackle good. Box. I love fishing that. Very that's, good. Hey, that was close. We're <laughs> so I don't know about you guys. I had a little fun with that. I hope you That's did. That's awesome. Let's guys, do that uh, again. Yeah. I, ho I hope the again. I hope the people watching were able to uh, uh, play along as well and had fun with it too. So um, just kind of a neat little little game here. Uh, let's uh, let's tell everybody where we're going to be at this week. Um, I'm going to head up to Manchester for uh, the game between uh, West Delaware and Makokita. Um Jeff and Jeff, where are you guys going to be heading uh, uh, this Friday? I'm going to Kingston for the first time this season for Jefferson, Washington. Uh, really, really looking forward to, to seeing what this Jefferson team's all about. I uh, haven't seen them yet. Uh, haven't seen them much the last few years. And uh, looking forward to it. And I will be at Bates Field, uh, where I hope that I am gifted a couple of multicolored pens uh, <laughs> for City High and Cedar Rapids Kennedy. You'll probably get a tub of popcorn instead. <laughs> that was what, uh, yeah, we, we need to tell people that Jeff loves the multicolored pen and Phil Lala, the new uh, first year AD up there or down there at City High, had a, had a couple of... Uh, pens multicolored pens waiting for lindy when he got to the game last week there you go he That's knows awesome. the way to my heart oh, 100%. <laughs> awesome awesome uh and i believe we have correspondence uh heading to uh prairie for the liberty prairie game anywhere else that uh, uh that we're gonna be for some reason one's escaping me i think liberty prairie uh, uh, ankeny west Ankeny in that uh, two and two matchup with Ankeny yeah. and Iowa City West. So Clayton Kill's going to be there, and then uh, Con Mike Condon will be at uh, Prairie for Liberty Prairie uh, covering for us. So uh, we just like to thank everybody for uh, uh, following along. Make sure to check out our content on prep football and other prep sports um, across the board at uh, thegazette.com. For Jeff. Uh, Linder, Jeff Johnson, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in again this week and catch us next week. Uh, any parting words uh, from you guys? I'm just waiting nothing. for you. I'm waiting for you, Pilch. You gotta, you gotta take us out like you always do. Uh, 
All right, sounds good. Uh, for Nathan Ford and everybody else, make sure you keep your head on the swivel. Thanks, everybody. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.